Join us for the Urban Hike on Sunday, April 23rd at 1 p.m. at the Fair Meadows Swim Club in the South Park area. We'll take a 7.7-mile guided journey and see parts of Charlotte that you've never seen. Sponsored by our friends over at Jesse Browns and jessebrowns.com, all you need is a water bottle and comfy shoes, and you can get both with discount code HIKE25 at jessebrowns.com to save $25 on your $100 Jesse Browns purchase. There's a national park called the Appalachian Trail. It's 2,198 miles, passes through 14 states. That distance can change a little bit each year as measuring precise measurement techniques or uh, footpath relocations can happen. But uh, this year, 2,198.4 miles through those 14 states. Uh, The Appalachian Trail Conference says it takes 5 million steps to hike the entire Appalachian Trail, uh, whether that's through a section hike or a bunch of section hikes or whether it's one through hike in a single season. And back in 2005, our next guest did that hike. Um, He did that 5 million steps from Georgia northbound through those 13 other states to finish up in Katahdin, Maine, Baxter State Park, Maine. His name, Matt Long in Charlotte, North Carolina, but on the Appalachian Trail, Pac-Man. We welcome Pac-Man to the Carolina Outdoors right now. Matt, welcome. Hey, Bill. Good to talk to you again. It's fantastic to talk to you about hiking, backpacking, camping, or long-distance backpacking, and that's what a thru-hike on the Appalachian Trail is. And because of the length of it, again, 2,100-plus miles, um, it takes a lot of preparation if you're going to thru-hike that. My question for you to start off with is the preparation that it takes before the hike even begins. For people that are going to take on this 2,100-mile footpath, how do you prepare for your launch date? So this is a great question, and this could take a whole bunch of different directions, but I will start with this. Um, when I hiked the Appalachian Trail, I was 25 years old. Um, I am now 42, and I think the amount of preparedness and where you might put the energy uh, based on uh, your station in life could very wild. Um, I think when you're 25, it's important to uh, be mentally prepared, and I think it's extremely important to be financially prepared. Uh, in order to plan for the AT, I had uh, I had saved up about six thousand dollars, so about a thousand dollars each month, which, in the grand scheme of through hikers, is, is is actually quite um, that's quite a lot of money. Now that just included my on the trail time, so you might want to add in some um, some cash there for uh, for gear upgrades uh, and replacements. Uh, I kind of bring that one up first because I really I met a lot of people along the way that were mentally prepared for the trail and they were physically prepared for the trail, but they were not financially prepared for the trail. Matt, that gives me an opportunity. I want to jump in on that because so many people take on this through hike for for many different reasons. 
in their life. And when you took this on, and I do remember this, when you took it on for your through hike, it was kind of a celebration of graduation. I mean, there was a, a line of demarcation in your life where you were celebrating a transition from one to the next. For other people, it could be a, a less celebratory event. It could be a divorce or job loss. Um, or it could be a happy event like yours was a graduation. Or it could be a retirement where people um, have these moments where they take this thing on. And, and that probably... Uh, 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 has something to do with the preparation, maybe the money that they have, and the mindset that they have. Did you see those different people when you did your hike on the trail? Absolutely. I think that's probably one of the, the things people have um, in common is that they are uh, experiencing a change in their life or they are facilitating change in their own life. So, uh, yeah, divorce, retirement, graduation, uh, a job change. Those are all very common uh, common reasons for people to be out on the trail, whether to kind of, kind of clear their head or just because often at these junctures in life, it opens up a bunch of free time. And free time is one of the biggest things that you need in order to, uh, to embark on a through hike. Yeah, in fact, if you're going to thru-hike, I guess you need about six months to prepare if everything yeah. goes like it should. Uh, and people start, I mean, there's a, a generality of February, March, April. And I'll let you jump in there. When did you start your thru-hike, and why did you pick that time to start? I started in mid-March, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the traditional time to start. It's uh, it's late enough in the spring that you hopefully in, avoid some really bad winter weather, but it's still early enough in the year that you don't wind up running into very bad weather in, uh, mm -hmm. in, in Maine. And this is one of those things you have to round, wrap your head around is that you're going to experience all four seasons when you're on the trail for six months, especially if you're starting in the south and moving to the north or the north and starting to the and headed towards the uh, the south, and it's just such a monumental period of time that conceptually it doesn't make sense until you get out there and you you see the leaves um, starting to emerge, and you experience some snowfall. Then it gets a little greener. Then it gets dark green. Uh, then it gets deep green, and then uh, the leaves start to change. The air gets cold, and uh, the leaves start to fall from the trees. So how hard is that? I have written down here logistics. <laughs> Sounds like a, a, a commercial uh, on, on television, but um, logistics. How do you logistically prepare for a time that you may need your winter jacket, but another time you may be worried about sun protection and, uh, and it's 95 degrees while you're hiking? How do you handle yeah. that? So this brings us back you kind of to where we started. Um, I think going back to the, the, the financial preparation, that answers a lot of questions. So I ran into people on the trail that did this on $1,200. And what that meant to them was that they're digging around in hiker boxes, they're eating oatmeal uh, that, that they find left by the side of the trail. Um, they're not spending much time in town. Uh, 
And I think that stuff can have a toll on you. When the weather changes, they are looking to, they're looking for compromises that stretch their gear out versus somebody like me that worked a part-time job and saved up for a while. If I got on the trail and I, let's say I underestimated how cold it was going to be, the next town I got into, uh, I could get into a motel or a hotel, get warmed up, um, and then I could go to a local outfitter and I could buy a down jacket. Mm. Um, so uh, I don't think money solves all problems, but it certainly solves a lot of problems. And uh, it's really nice to have a stake when you want a stake at the end of, uh, you know, 100 or 120 mile week. Well, over 3 million people hit the Appalachian Trail to hike it, to visit it in some semblance, form, or fashion. But only 3,000 people attempt to through-hike the entire footpath. Our guest, Matt Long, is one of those people. He successfully hiked 2,190 miles of of the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. He knocked it out in five and a half months. He's our guest here on the Carolina Outdoors. He oftentimes jumps on to give his expert opinion on hiking, backpacking, camping, and preparing. We're glad that he's with us now. And and Matt, my next question, I guess, is um, maybe it, it would help those that weren't prepared, but you hear about it. Trail magic is when good deeds happen or when they come to you or somebody provides something uh, nice along the way. Did you have any instances of trail magic? I did, and I would break trail magic up into a couple of uh, a couple of categories. One is sort of the uh, is anonymous trail magic, and that is uh, a situation where uh, where someone has left something on the trail for you. Probably the best example, and one of my favorite examples, is when you're walking down the trail and you might be getting close to a roadside, and you will find that someone has uh, deposited a cooler full of ice and cold drinks in the middle of uh, in the middle of the trail and left a sign that says. Through hikers enjoy a cold drink on, you know, so and so. So that's probably my favorite. There's also the kind of trail magic that um, that that you you run into in town, and um, and that trail magic could take the form of uh, I was in I was in Massachusetts hiking, and um, and I I had a little bit of uh, plantar fasciitis, uh, so uh, my heel was really painful. And I managed to walk to town. Uh, someone picked me up and gave me a ride to a podorthist. And that podorthist saw me without a, an appointment and gave me a cortisone shot and that in the heel. And that took care of my problems for the rest of the trip. And while I was sitting in the office, I was sitting next to, uh, I was wearing flip-flops. And, um, and some old lady next to me looked over at my feet and she said, you have very nice feet. <laughs> and that's trail magic it's it's like a it's like a, a kind word or a serendipitous uh instance where you start out with you know maybe a problem and it winds up being kind of a kind of a, a good day or you you hear something or something unexpected happens so matt uh, you're a well-traveled fellow in adventure in work in in other reasons in in recreation as well is the Appalachian Trail where the most magic occurs uh, compared to other parts of the world that you've traveled in and that have worked in and have been in? How does the Appalachian Trail compare with those magical moments? 
I think the Appalachian Trail is probably um, it, it, it's, it's probably it's probably the uh, the intersection of, uh, of of good magic and and, and you know of trail magic and good deeds uh, mostly because there's a whole bunch of people that need it, yes. um, and mostly because there's a whole lot of people that know about it and are uh, are willing to uh, provide it. Um, you know, I think through hiking captures. Uh, an element of the imagination that even if you don't like backpacking, most people appreciate and want to contribute to uh, the spirit of adventure, whether uh, directly or vicariously through some um, some good deed or, or or small effort to push you uh, push you towards your goals. It's always fun for us at Jesse Brown's when we'll have uh, people in there shopping and and you'll say, "Hey, what are you doing this weekend?" And they'll say. They'll name a, tr- a trail community or a place off the beaten path along the Appalachian Trail, and they'll say, at Jesse Brown's, we're going to go spread a little trail magic. And what they'll do is leave boxes of pizza there at an intersection where the hikers are coming through or like that cooler of uh, cold drink, soda pops that, uh, that people can grab along the way and, and how magical that is. And with that being said, Matt Long here on the Carolina Outdoors Let's just say these through hikers that started in 2023 started in mid-March. Right now they are a month in, maybe six weeks in, um, depending on when you're listening to us here on the Carolina Outdoors. Trail Days is a big happening that will happen kind of in mid-May or so, and that's the festival in Damascus. What's the mindset of the people one month in who are on the trail? Uh, have they w- gotten into uh, hiking shape and they're they're rolling with it, or are some of them like, you know what, I want to go home? So that's a good question. Uh, I think a lot of people, if you've made it this far, uh, you you're getting your first your first taste of the easing up of the experience. So your your feet are better conditioned. Mm-hmm. Um, your cardiovascular uh, conditioning has improved. And I think the biggest benefit is that you're finally starting to get some warm days. Um, you know, I, the buds are just starting to, to get out on the trees and in the mountains now and in, in a lot of the higher elevations. It hasn't quite happened yet. But you're getting a break. You're in good shape and you're getting a break in, uh, in the winter and you're settling into a routine, and, and that's a that's a big um, that's a big pickup. So, uh, and most of these people are in North Carolina now. I think heading to heading towards Virginia, so they're about twenty percent of their way through their journey, um, which is which is quite the milestone as well. Yeah, I think most of them will be in North Carolina. Uh, Virginia's got the most miles uh, with five hundred and fifty. So once you once you get to Virginia, that's when you can kind of hunker down. And I, I guess I should ask you this. What was your easiest section statewide up to hike where you could make the most miles up uh, along the trail? I think some of the easiest sections of the Appalachian Trail uh, come out in Pennsylvania mm. um, for a lot of reasons, not because it's necessarily the easiest terrain, but you, you're hitting Pennsylvania at your peak level of fitness. Your pack is going to be at your lightest because there's uh, there's lots of towns to resupply. You're in full on uh, summer gear. Uh, your your fitness level is at the max. You've got long days to walk. Uh, really, everything is kind of coming together to pull big miles like twenty and 
uh, 30-mile days, uh, all day, every day. And the terrain is a few miles of uphill climbing for, you know, three to six miles of long, uh, ridgy expanses. So uh, very different than the terrain you encounter in the south where you've got a lot of heavy um, ups and downs. Matt here on the Carolina Outdoors. I got one more question for you, and it has to do with the uh, the community of the Appalachian Trail. Many people who are listening to the Carolina Outdoors right now think about the Appalachian Trail and the through hiking community on it as being out in the wild. Uh, how wild is it, or how private is a hike on the Appalachian Trail compa- compared to how social? is this moving group of people that have all started at a similar time. Can you get away on your own hike, or are you hiking with two or 3,000 other people? I think you can get away from other people, especially as, um, as you get further north um, on the Appalachian Trail. Of course, southbounders are, are generally more isolated, uh, but uh, the trail community has always been a highly social community. It's, it's, Socializing is what you seek. You can find it there, uh, but there's still plenty of um, plenty of quiet mornings and um, and and opportunities for isolation and reflection. Uh, one thing that's changed since I was on the AT is when I started the Appalachian Trail, I had a prepaid phone card. Uh, now people are posting from every place they can get a, a cell phone signal to to social media. So I think in many ways, if you want to let society into the world of through hiking. You can do that now through uh, through blogs and um, and through posts to, to Facebook or TikTok or or or, or whatever else. Um, that's probably, I would say, the biggest change that's happened in the last um, ten or fifteen years. And I can see where that might be um, where that might be beneficial for a hiker feeling isolated who needs some reinforcement from home. In fact, people could be out with their technology watching a movie, and it could be a movie like the adaptation of Bill Bryson's book, A Walk in the Woods, that Robert Redford did, or the Reese Witherspoon uh, uh, remake uh, of uh, or uh, her movie, The Wild, uh, based on a book as well. So uh, it it could be watching a movie on hiking the Appalachian Trail um, while you're hiking the Appalachian Trail. In my t- in, in my day, I was uh, I was I, w- I the only music I had was uh, was the songs I could remember. I think I uh, <laughs> probably recited "Against the Wind" by uh, with Bob Seger about a million times. Oh, I'm having some Forrest Gump uh, uh, thoughts now. Now uh, you know. <laughs> Somewhere in there, you say, I'm going home. <laughs> Matt, right. we, you've got other hikes under your belt, but we appreciate you talking to us about the Appalachian Trail. Is It is a special place, a special mindset with a group of people that um, are checking that list um, off their bucket list and uh, checking that note off their bucket list, and, and we're glad that you spent some time uh, giving us insight here on the Carolina Outdoors. Well, it seems like yesterday, but it was long ago. Well, we know you're still out in the woods. You may not be doing these six-month hikes, but you're still clicking them off uh, one after another. So keep up the good work on uh, backpacking, hiking, and being outdoors. 
right, sounds good. I'll talk to you later. Off he goes. That's Matt Long. Pac-Man was his 2005 trail name. My name, Bill Barty. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. We're going to wrap it up after this.